0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast, episode 66. We had a question on our Mastermind group that we did want to cover off today, a really good one from Mark, um, and it's talking about fuel utilisation throughout different types of activity. And he gave a really specific example um, of being in a fasted state. So his question on the Mastermind group that we're going to talk through today is, given the crossover point of using carbohydrates and fats as our predominant fuel sources generally happens about 65% 65% of our VO2 max. What would happen if he first of all performed a high-intensity workout above 65% of his VO2 max in a fasted state? So we're assuming maybe first thing in the morning hasn't eaten anything from the night before. Um, and then what's going to happen to our fuel utilisation? Are we going to use fats as our predominant fuel source even above that 65% crossover, um, or are we still going to find carbs from somewhere? So just take me through what processes of fuel utilisation first, then how yeah. it relates to that. Yeah. yeah
1: cool. state. So basically there's there's four fuels that we can use in total. Let's go through that first. So there's three food fuels and one chemical. So we've got obviously carbohydrates and fat as well as protein. Protein is only used in extreme circumstances. If we have no carbs, we have no fat, we may start to use a bit of protein, but this is generally if we're literally stuck out in the wilderness for two weeks and have nothing left and we're starved, we might start to actually use some protein. One chemical fuel is phosphocreatine, which is our sprinting you know, less than 10 seconds of high-intensity activity, we're going to use the phosphocreatine. So the crossover point refers to, it's basically... we're. In, in prolonged, continuous submaximal exercise, we're using a combination of carbs and fats. So the crossover point is basically when we go from being from using fats predominantly, which is this hand here, fats predominantly, to switching over to using carbohydrates predominantly. 65% in the research is, is generally accepted. Uh, 65% of VO2 max is generally accepted as being that crossover point. It can vary individually; genetics obviously play a part. Uh, but it's normally about 65% VO2 max. Essentially, the way that we decide, the body decides whether it's going to use a carbohydrate or a fat is purely to do with oxygen availability and the time that we have. Okay? So fat takes about two and a half times more oxygen to metabolise than a carbohydrate. So it also takes about two and a half times longer. It goes through a process called beta-oxidation, which is, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but beta-oxidation, beta it needs to break down fat and it takes a lot of time and oxygen to do that. Whereas a carbohydrate just needs to go through glycolysis, which is a very simple, not very simple, but a much more simpler process. It takes less oxygen, less time. So when we're at a low intensity, like right now, both of us, we're using predominantly fat, probably about 98% of our usage is fat because our, our oxygen demand is very low. We're at rest. So we have plenty of oxygen supply. We have lots of time. So we're going to try to use fat as our primary source because a, a, an average individual, a, a lean 70 kilo athlete has about a hundred thousand calories of stored fat, but only has about two to maybe two and a half thousand calories of store, stored, carbohydrate. carbohydrates. So we actually do want to use fat when we can. And we can right now because our intensity is so low, we're at rest. We have the time to do so. When we start to increase our intensity because fat takes more oxygen to metabolize we start to preferentially use carbohydrates and it's normally at about that 65% mark that we sort of start to see that crossover point when we're at lactate threshold or lactate inflection point or vo2 max either of those two points we're actually using 100% carbohydrate because if you think about it our exercise intensity is maximal our oxygen demand is right at the top our supply can only just meet it we're not going to use we're not going to take two and a half times longer or use two and a half times more oxygen to burn a fat we're going to go straight to the most readily available and easy to use fuel source which is a carbohydrate so that's a little bit of background about the I guess, the biochemistry of, of fat versus carbs so um to address point number one of his question yeah high high
0: intensity workouts in a fasted state so obviously going yep. above that that crossover point we discussed yep does it change our fuel utilization really yeah. is the core of the question
1: yeah cool so in a fasted state Number one, you're not, you don't have glycogen depletion in a fasted state. Okay. So if you, I'll come into ketosis and the concept around that in a sec, but if you eat some food throughout the day and then you go to sleep and then you wake up and you just choose to exercise without having breakfast, it's not like you're not going to have any carbohydrate. You're still going to have glycogen source. The only fuel source your brain can use is glucose which is a carbohydrate. So regardless of ketosis, regardless of your diet, your body always is going to have some glucose, which is just the the free form of glycogen. You're gonna have carbohydrates, you can't live without it. Um, If you're in a fasted state, you're gonna have less, obviously you're gonna have less glycogen, so let's just say, for example, as I said before, a 70 kilo athlete might have 2000 calories worth of of stored carbohydrate, of glycogen. If you're in a fasted state, let's say maybe you wake up with 800, for example. Alright, right, so you now have a half tank, just under half a tank of of carbohydrate, of glycogen. So if you go above 65% VO2 max, that's not a problem. You still want to use the sun. Close enough to the same rate of, of glycogen, you're just going to run out of it quicker yep. or more quickly. So you might start to feel very fatigued after an hour instead of two hours, because essentially you're working with half a tank. If you're just cruising along at 50% VO2 max, I know that's not the question, but if you're just cruising along at 50% VO2 max, you're not really going to be using many carbs in the first place because the intensity is low. You have plenty of oxygen to metabolize fat in the first place, so you won't feel it as much. So a zone two effort, for example, no stress. Yep. Repeated high intensity efforts. I don't, I don't really care who you are. You're not you're not, not going to do sh- it as well. Yeah, like if you just do a half an hour session you've probably got plenty of carbohydrates to get through half an hour but if you're doing a um, like a marathon for example and you're doing a three-hour marathon you don't want to start with half a tank you're going to hit the wall quite quickly and hitting the wall determining the, the wall is genuinely it literally is the process of running out of carbohydrates yeah. you can still go forever but what happens when you hit the wall you run out of carbohydrates your intensity drops significantly almost to a walk you can still go for a very long time but now because you're solely reliant on fat that exercise intensity actually drops about two and a half times because it takes two and a half times longer two and a half times more oxygen to metabolize the fat um, so to answer the question you'll still be able to do it but not for as long uh, essentially so I might go into, i'm like going to have you going to ketosis a bit now is that? What yeah i, the I think
0: that's probably the next the next sort of lead on to this is we get we get asked a bit about well is it then worth it to do these workouts in a faster state is it actually going to change Am I going to become sort of fat adapted is a common term thrown yeah. around. Is that better for for long endurance type events? Uh, you hear it thrown around a bit, ketosis is a word that gets thrown around. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just go into a little bit about what people are sort of talking about there? Does it relate? Does it actually
1: improve us? Or yeah. is it not really worth it? Yeah, I mean, oh, let's have a chat about it. And look, it's one of those high study areas at the moment. There's lots of research being done on the effects of ketosis and performance. Uh, you know, 19 out of 20 studies that you read actually say that ketosis does not improve performance. Almost, I'd say 100% of them say it doesn't improve performance above about 80% VO2 max. Yep which is probably FTP, which makes sense because you need, you're almost using yeah. solely carbohydrates at that intensity. So it's not going to be beneficial to back off on the carbohydrates. Where it's, it's kind of interesting where the, the research with ketosis is going is to do with ultra distance marathon runners, okay? Where you are, you're not even probably close to 65%, you're probably 50%, maybe even 45 to, to top end 60% VO2 max. Really food. low intensity. Yeah, for like 24 hours yeah. plus. Uh, and that's where the research is coming into it. But Let's talk about ketosis. So the theory around ketosis is basically if you starve yourself of carbohydrates, you're allowed to have a little bit, but not much. You, you're basically having very minimal carbohydrate and you're replacing it with a high fat diet. So because fat obviously doesn't have carbohydrates in it. So by starving your body of carbohydrates, your body will release ketones. Now the theory behind ketones is that, uh, the theory is that that's essentially going to replace a carbohydrate, okay? so um instead of using carbohydrates for glycolysis you'll use ketones okay and and so far the research shows that that, i mean that's not the case because it has different chemical properties and it's it's it still has to undergo beta oxidation so it hasn't quite worked that way in a sense now a lot of people watching today probably seen the faster study where they had basically uh long story short they had a high carb group and a lot and a high fat group they put them through an exhaustive treadmill test and and measured their fat oxidation based on RER. Oxygen and carbon dioxide out, so that's an RER. What they found was that uh, just prior to doing the intervention, so doing the exercise test, they gave the high carb group a high sugary drink, and they gave the high fat group not a sugary drink, something very low in sugar. And they found that the fat that the, the high fat group were able to burn much uh, a much larger percentage of fat during that intervention than the high carb group. So they assumed that all right, well carbs must be the enemy, that the carbs must actually inhibit your fat burning. But that's not the case. And and it's not news that it's actually insulin that is going to inhibit your fat burning. So the way that insulin so basically insulin is released when you eat a carbohydrate. So when you actually consume it. So if you have a gel or, or a sports drink that has high sugar, your body will release insulin and that insulin will inhibit your fat burning. That's not news. That's that's been around for years and years and years. So what I'm trying to get at, it's not actually the presence of carbohydrate which is going to inhibit your fat burning. It's actually the presence of insulin. So what does that mean in terms of performance? Well, all it really means is that you need to control your insulin levels. Uh, particularly if you're doing like an ultra distance where, look, a marathon, a half Ironman etc, you can sort of get away with just consuming gels. As I always say once you start consuming gels, you need to keep you consuming to keep them because now you have it, you've you suppressed your fat burning. Mm. So ultra distance, in, in theory, like all you have to do is you can still carb load, it's not a problem. Get the carbs in, um, like how long does insulin stay in the system for, you know wouldn't be more than about three hours, really, Mm -hmm. like in terms of elevated insulin. So if you have a proper meal the night before and you get up early, have a big breakfast full of carbohydrates, as long as you're not smashing down gels 10, 15 minutes, an hour prior to a race, you're still going to have maximal fat burning. And that's what we say to our athletes. I say, look, don't have a gel 15 minutes prior. Have have your proper carb loading as normal, two to three days prior. Have a good brekkie. And then in the three hours leading to a race, uh, either... Either don't eat, depending on how you are, or just have something a bit lower to You your like a banana or, or some biscuits or something yeah. like that. Something that's not yeah. going to get that really high sugar rush and in insulin spike. Um, so is it beneficial to, to work in ketosis? Like, I mean, it's a lot of anecdotal stuff. Like, people think that, yeah. that they go into ketosis and they feel better and they feel fitter, so they do it. And look, if that's the case, then go mm-hmm. for it. That's not a problem. I mean, carbohydrates retain water, so if you go on, if you go on a ketosis diet for even a week to two weeks, you probably lose about four or five kilos of water weight. I'd feel pretty good if I lost four or five kilos yeah, of water Yeah, a little body. bit lighter, <laughs> a little bit more efficient, so it's... <laughs> a little bit easier to move around. Um, but ketosis itself won't, it's not going to give you more of a zone 2 stimulus or anything like that. Yeah. You could just exercise at a lower intensity and potentially play around with maybe restricting your high sugary stuff during training. Okay? Yeah. In a race, you want to do it because you need to keep your glycogen source topped up so we can work at high intensities yeah. close to FTP because you don't want to hit the wall. Mm-hmm. But in training, look, if you want to play around with, with, um, what, I mean, what faster training would do is essentially just make you use more from the beginning but it's not going to help with your mitochondrial stimulus and if you start to go above that 65% quite regularly you're going to run out of your carbohydrates quite quickly. Quick, yeah. um, so I guess sort of in summary of all that carbohydrates aren't necessarily the enemy it's really the insulin that will suppress your fat burning. Is, does that even matter? No if you can replace your carbohydrates. Yeah. If you can't replace them because it's such a long event or because you get gastrointestinal upset for even a half iron man then you need to get a bit creative and and what are the options well you can reduce the intensity overall you know obviously that's not great for performance but at least you can finish consistently um or potentially you could even just play around with, with different nutritional um foods in in the race yeah. like there's nothing wrong with trying a banana which is lower in gi yeah try something other than a gel or yeah a go- sit Go.
0: I've I've tried with guys a bar having a bar instead of a gel. A little bit little bit longer to digest a bar than it is a gel, but it might help that gastric upset. Something I as simple as that.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I, and you might not be you might not have as much gastric upset, and you still get the carbohydrates in. It's a slower release, therefore less insulin, which is good for your fat burning. So yeah. it might work well. And look, we're not going to a, a huge amount of detail of of uh, gastrointestinal upset and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. It's a little bit outside our scope of practice. We're not dietitians. But based on, on research, it's, well, it's yeah, fructose to glucose ratio. You can have up to 60 grams fructose and 30 grams glucose, and that's the maximum the body can absorb. But I, I, don't, really, I don't think I've met anyone who can absorb that much uh, without having to go to the toilet halfway through a race. So, um, yeah, so obviously we're, we're not, as a philosophy, we're not massive on the ketosis thing. Would I ever use it at all? I mean, there are circumstances where you could, and it's pretty much the, the gastrointestinal upset stuff. I wouldn't do much during like. Pre race, still kept your carbohydrates, but during the race, I can definitely understand why somebody would want to reduce their their carb intake during a race because it's not sitting well. Um, maybe through the training side of things, you see it more of as a a
0: weight control type thing with athletes who are maybe trying to drop those couple of kilos, like you said, maybe with the water weight or yeah. leading into leading into events instead of. I mean. Maybe it's more of a case of is a, is a low-carb, high-fat diet as opposed to the extreme end of it on ketosis the, the better way to go in terms of weight loss?
1: Um, I mean, I've heard if, a few athletes sort of yeah. talk about they use
0: it more of that weight management yep. aspect um, rather than sort of loading up on carbs all
1: the time. Yeah. And that could just come down to timing your diet again. Yeah, I mean you're definitely going to lose weight, but like, not fat weight, you're going to lose mm. water weight very quickly by reducing your carbohydrates. One gram of carb is three grams of water. Fun fact, though, um, if you if you did reduce your carbohydrates, you would lose quite a bit of fluid there. Um, I guess it depends on what your event is, because as soon as you carb load back up, you're going to put that weight back on, which is just the reality of it. But if you're a boxer or someone is cut weight and make oh, yeah. weight, yeah, absolutely, it's a it's a good thing to do. You know, along with you know wearing your sweats and all that sort of stuff to try to sweat out your fluid, but. Um, yeah in most circumstances i wouldn't really use it uh i guess where the research will be interesting is going to be with the ultra stuff as i said and that's where most of the research is going is yeah, can can being on a ketosis diet or a ketogenic diet is that going to improve our fat burning over the period of 24 hours and look i i, I don't know like based, based on my decent knowledge of how of glycolysis and beta-oxidation works i'm going to say probably not but at least through reducing your carb intake during a, a certain event, you will have less insulin release and therefore mm. you will have maximal fat burning and maybe when you look at energy in versus energy out, maybe a, a either a lower GI carbohydrate or potentially keeping the intensity low enough that you don't really rely on carbohydrates at all, that, that might be where you see the major benefit in that long stuff at very low intensity. Yeah.
0: But again, it's probably still the question of if you're trying to compete at a high level in those really long ultra races, you still need to go faster at the same time to be number one, podium, etc. So there probably is a trade-off at some point, I guess, even in the ultras, that you want to still be working pretty hard, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, it is going to be a lower intensity, say, to, compared to a, uh, a half marathon, for example, going out and doing a 100K, 100k ultra. Mm. But if you still want to be on the top, I'm assuming you'd want to still be working pretty...
1: I mean, at the, at the top yeah. level,
0: if you want to be faster, you're still gonna have to work.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're still gonna have to move. But I mean, it's just gonna be a, a battle of consistency. Yep. and Who can eat the most, really? So uh, you know a lot of the guys that we know you' beauty for example you know what does he do like they, they you wear a heart rate monitor and you say oh, i'm st- i'm not going above x heart rate and that might mean walking up the hill mm. because once you start to go above a certain heart rate and maybe people had that metabolic efficiency test or whatever where that crossover point is they know that once they get to a certain heart rate they're starting to really tap into more carbohydrate usage which isn't going to be an ideal good over yeah. the long term so i think ultra distant we talk about the core components of endurance success <laughs> Ultra distance is everything. It's not yep. just your physiology, it's not just so your running fun. economy, it's also your nutrition, your hydration, um, your, your motivation, environment, your yeah, environment, yeah. lots and lots of so factors. factors. So um, yes, you want to work as hard as you can while still finishing the race, but there's like seven or eight other other factors which is gonna determine who wins and who loses there. I think you're never gonna run a, an ultra 80% VO2 max, it's not gonna happen, so yep. how can you get, how can you increase the as much as possible without running out of fuel, uh, essentially, um, so. It is going to be sub sixty five percent for most people, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of a balancing act. But yeah, in terms of ketosis alone, like I say as a general rule, we don't we don't use it. There might be some extreme circumstances where we control it. Um, but as a summary, it's not the carbohydrate which inhibits fat burning. It's the insulin release. So if you can control your insulin release in key key moments, yeah, such as before a race in the first hour or so of a race, um, then great. But then if you're trying to race anything above about, you know, 80% VO2 max at FTP, you're going to need carbohydrates because yeah. I don't care who you are, you have to use it. It's, it's just biochemistry. So we start to take gels. Once you start taking gels, your insulin gets released. You start to inhibit your fat burning. What does that mean? You've got to keep taking gels to the end yeah. of the race yeah. or you're going to be in a bit of stuff. So yeah, that's sort of how it works.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, just last thing I did want to touch on with the ketosis stuff. It's quite extreme, isn't it? Just to sort of let everyone know it, how, the difference between, I think a lot of people do get confused with sort of that low-carb, high-fat and ketosis being the same, but they're different. Mm. Do you want to just quickly touch on like the, the difference in terms of the extremity of how low that carbohydrate intake is for that ketosis to
1: actually sort of take effect? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm gonna, the yeah, numbers, I'm going to get the wrong here, but ketosis is oh, it's really low yeah. carbohydrates. And I think, I don't, don't quite me, but I think it's 30 grams a day. Is a lot of yeah, carbs. That's so that's like nothing. that's a, a soft drink. Yeah. That's that's water. Probably that's not even, yeah. Well soft drinks, but yeah, probably thirty two yeah. anyway. So it's c- pure ketosis, and you don't quite me on it, but I remember reading somewhere thirty, another place sixty, so whoever defines it, but it's a very, very low carbohydrate, which is then replaced by, you know, more protein and more yep. fat. Um for your body to release ketones, my understanding is that you need to be almost in not in a starved state, but yeah, a starved yep. carbohydrate state mm-hmm. for that to happen. Whereas yeah, low Low, lower carb, higher fat, hey, if that works for you, that's great. That's probably just a healthier diet. That's yeah. cutting out the crap, cutting out the sugar, cutting out you know, all these soft drinks and cutting out, you know, whatever, the, yeah. the sugar and, and replacing foods. it with avocado, avocado nuts nuts and nuts and all the healthy yeah. stuff. So yeah. I, I have nothing against lower carb, higher fat, purely from a health perspective, if not anything else. Yeah. Uh, but then when we're talking about a performance perspective, if you're wanting to hold a high, high intensity, intensity yeah. for as long as possible, you need gut water.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's where you could get away with then doing your low carb, high fat at maybe your normal training then carb load into your,
1: into your event to boost it up. Yeah, I mean just cycle it as well. Like you could do, yeah, no problem doing lower carb, higher fat for your zone 2 because you will be not too much above that mm. 65% and uh, you'll be able to replace the carbohydrates you do use quite quickly. But if you know you've got a hard interval session, if it's 30 minutes, I probably wouldn't do it faster because you'd be hungry. But if you're doing 30 minutes, you'll get through with the carbohydrates you've got. If you've got a a 90 minute or a two hour tempo session where you're right at or close to threshold or beyond, um, then all right, if you know you've got that the next day, you want to bump your carbs back up because you are going to need that fuel source in that training session. So there's no problems with cycling it. But as I say all the time, it's just a balanced diet. It's not not one, one one trick is, yeah, that's right. You just got to have a balanced diet. Work for you, and and just understand that the higher the intensity, the more carbs you will need. But knowing that the more insulin you have, the more fat you'll suppress. <laughs> the yeah. balancing act. Yeah, working sure. it both ways So I think quickly
0: in summary, in terms of in terms of the the exact question that, that Mark gave us with the fastest state, high intensity interval type training, um, carbs are going to be beneficial in that session if we've got multiple intervals and potentially longer intervals of that really high intensity. Um, if you're doing the longest lower stuff, you're really big ultra. Type of events. That's probably when that that sort of ketosis and that the, the may have stuff, some validity. May, yep. may have some validity, but again, still sort of emerging in the research. We got, yep. got to sort of wait and see a little bit on what and comes what in the next little while. Um, so yeah, really to, to, to summarise, carbs aren't carbs aren't such a bad thing. Just timing again. If you yeah timing right working that working that insulin release. Don't go smashing a really high high carb gel immediately before you start the session. Probably probably is going to hurt you more than um, sort of going to the session and maybe eating something during or after. Um, so hopefully that answers answers your question mark uh, regarding what's going on with our fuel utilisation. Again, another great question from the Mastermind group. So if you have your own question you'd like to ask, we'll leave the link below to join up to our Mastermind group. You can click through and, and join the Facebook forum where you can ask all of your questions in there, have them answered on the podcast. Again, hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you in the next one.